TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is Brad Clark. He's got a breakaway to the backhand. Forehead. Scores! The Kings win it in overtime as Clark exits the box, timing it perfectly. And from behind a couple of times in this game and they've got the crucial two points now broadcasting from the pulpit of sports radio in boston it's sunday mass with christian arcan on weei Good morning. Welcome in. It is Sunday Mass. I am the Reverend Arkan here with you until 2 o'clock. Nice to have you with us today here on this uh, Sunday almost uh, afternoon. Got another hour before it's Sunday afternoon. Late Mass today as uh, we had the debut of the Sunday Skate, which was uh, tremendous there with Bridget Scott and Razor. And I hope you enjoyed their uh, sort of upbeat outlook on this team and their upbeat uh you know, outlook in general on uh, on the way the Bruins and why maybe you shouldn't be uh, freaking out too much about this losing streak. But I am I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. I'm officially freaking out. Okay, I it's not like I expected them to win every game all year and not have any bad stretches. But this one, I mean, since that Vancouver game and really even before that, like this is this is this has all the markings of a team that's coming undone. That's what it looks like to me. This looks like a team that's coming undone. And if that game yesterday didn't give you a bit of an idea what we're looking at here. They led 3-1 in that game. They led 3-1 in the second period and ended up losing in overtime as soon as that guy got out of the box, as soon as Brant Clark, who scored his first career goal, got out of the penalty box and said, that guy's going to score. <laughs> you just knew it. You just you could tell. Everything that could go wrong with this team is going wrong. And I understand it's good to get that out of the way sometimes. And with teams, especially like the Bruins, you want to make the mistakes that you make and move on from them and whatever. I understand all that. Certainly last year, that would have been nice if they had gotten games like this out of the way before they got to Florida. Suddenly, Joey Decord is, uh, you know, Dominic Hasek. And suddenly, they can't hold a 3-1 lead. Like, this is all, it's all happening at once. It's all happening in sequence. And it's alarming. They got Dallas coming up tomorrow. You know how good Dallas has been lately? And then they're off to the West Coast, which, listen, I don't know what this team needs, but I'm not sure it's a trip out West right now. I'm just not, I don't know that that's what the cure for what's ailing them. I just feel like, you know, when you're, when you have a bad homestand, it's one thing to have to go up to, you know, Montreal, or it's one thing to have to go down to, you know, Tampa Bay or something like that. It's another thing to have to go all the way out to the West Coast. You know, all of a sudden you're out in Vancouver, and then you're in Vegas, and then you're in uh, Seattle again, you know, trying, hoping the decord doesn't do what he did last week. I'm worried about this team. I am worried about this team. 
I'm worried about uh, Brad Marchand. I'm worried that he's going to get punished for that elbow he threw. Uh, In the third period, if you missed it, there was about nine and a half minutes left. And uh, Marchand and Arvidsson collided right around the center, maybe the blue line, I forget exactly where it was. Um, Grizzlick was on Arvidsson's back. And Marchand stuck his forearm, elbow out, and caught him right in the kisser. And there was no penalty. And the Kings were hot. Oh, were they mad. I thought someone was going to jump out there and take a real run at him. I'm surprised it didn't happen. Um, it was an ugly play. He was on the you know bench. They were checking his mouth out. And then what do you know? Suddenly that 4-3 lead, it's tied up. Kopitar on the power play late in the period. And then in overtime, Bruins get another chance on a four-on-three. Can't convert. Clark gets out of the box. Boom, game over. And losses like that happen sometimes. Lately, losses are just piling up. Calgary game was an ugly one. We wrote that all off. We said that was just a fluke. Whatever, Calgary's no good. Things like that happen. Yeah, the Vancouver game, you start feeling better. Washington, that's when people realize there's a problem here. Something's going on. What what was that about? You can stomach losing to Tampa in a shootout. You can stomach it. You don't like it, but you can stomach it. I disagree with the show before me about that Seattle game. That Seattle game, to me, that seemed like the point where it's, okay, this is this has been ugly. It's been an ugly week here. Now's where we turn it around. Now's where we go out there and uh, and show them what what we're made of here. And I'll admit they looked like they were a little bit more engaged, obviously, than the Tampa Bay game, where they were getting outshot and just kind of pushed around. Um, and they came out and outshot Seattle and were putting a ton of uh, uh, shots on the court. But you know, I mean, <laughs> what what do you want me to say? They had a lead in that game, too. You know, Pasternak scored right away. Well, not right away, in the first five minutes or so. And that was that. This team, this team's got issues. They've got issues clearing the puck. I don't know what Forbert was doing yesterday. You had Marshan right there behind the net. You fling it, you know, backhand it right into the teeth of the Kings attacking. Like... (laughs) You know, it's just, and it always seems like it's something. And on the blue line, too, I mean, it's not just Forbert. Not a good game for my guy, Kevin Shattenkirk. And I'm starting to wonder what the solution is here. I'm starting to wonder what they do about it. And listen, they still have 75 points. They still have had a good season. They still are, you know, it's an enjoyable product to watch. But I'm kind of over that with these guys. Just them. I'm sorry. After last year, the regular season being an enjoyable product is not enough for me. Like It's better than them not being good in the regular season, and it's better than them missing the playoffs. Fine. All right? But I think that the standards here are high for a reason. This is a talented team. This is a talented team with a lot going for it. And to see them start to unravel like this, well, it's scary. We're not talking about a team that has a long history of overcoming stuff like this. We're not talking about a team that 
you know, sees adversity and overcomes it and rides it all the way to the Stanley Cup. Like, it's just, you know, like, this is a team that's come up short more than more times than not lately. And sometimes they really deserve to be uh, get much more heat for it than they do. Which isn't to say I don't think they can come out of this. They have all the tools to come out of it. Swayman or Allmark suddenly gets hot again, and they're right back where they were. But in the meantime, you know who just passed them in the standings? Florida. That doesn't send a chill up your spine? I don't know. Maybe we just watch the games differently. I think that's probably it. If seeing the Florida Panthers sneak up the standings like that, and I say sneak up the standings, they've won nine out of their last ten, five in a row. They're not sneaking anywhere. They're playing tremendous hockey right now. But, you know, you just sort of take your eye off them for a little bit, and all of a sudden they've passed you. All of a sudden, there they are. You beat the Canucks. That wasn't that long ago. You beat the Canucks. You had the most points in the league. Now, all of a sudden, you're, you're the Rangers are about to catch you. The Stars have caught you. They're hot, too. Not as hot as uh, Florida, but they're a hot team right now. And uh, Vancouver's passed you, even with the loss, uh, just a week before. I think that people aren't going to like this. Certainly not the people who are just doing in the air on the air doing the show. But you have to have a serious conversation about this trade deadline. You have to have a serious conversation about what your strengths are, where you maybe have an embarrassment of riches, and where you need some help. And I'm sorry, but I think you're running out of draft picks to, to swap. Probably got a few, you know. I mean, you can go into the future if you want, and I don't really have a big problem with that because draft-wise, it's not like we're talking about, you know, some brilliant tactician there in Sweeney. He does other things well, but, you know, what he does well is trade deadline stuff. And the trade deadline's coming up, and you're slumping. And what are you going to do about it? 617-779-7937 is your phone number. We got uh, lots to get to today. As I sort of mentioned to Bridget and Scott, I'm very disappointed this morning. I'm disappointed in a lot of different things. I was disappointed in uh, the dunk contest last night, which we'll get to. My God, what was that? It looked like they were in an Olympic pool with the blue. Like, come on. It didn't look right, and the dunks weren't good, and I just I didn't like We'll get to that later. I'm disappointed with the Red Sox for obvious reasons. They just traded another reliever. And I heard Ken yesterday say, no, 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 it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, we got a prospect. Oh, yeah, good. Yeah, we need more prospects. Let's trade our whole bullpen. The only part of this team that was any that was worth even coming out to see. <laughs> Let's dismantle that and get some more prospects. Yeah, that's good. That's full throttle. Um, And, you know, as far as the Patriots are concerned, I'm not disappointed in them yet because free agency hasn't started and I don't know what they're going to do. But I'm uh, I'm down on a lot of other things. I'm down on the Bruins. I'm down on the Red Sox. I'm down on NBA All-Star Weekend. So we'll start there. 617-779-7937 is the phone number. Uh, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, uh, Jones Mego and I talked to Jeff Benedict on Friday uh, about his book, The Dynasty, and about the Dynasty Apple TV series. Uh, I do want to get into some leftover thoughts I have from that, some overall Patriot stuff as well, and we'll do it with your phones at 617-779-7937. But first, here's what's trending. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Donchich. 
The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Now, broadcasting from the pulpit of Sports Radio in Boston, it's Sunday Mass with Christian Arcan on WEEI. Patriots were pretty damn good. We all saw the same thing, a different team with an attitude not seen around here in a long, long time. Tomorrow it's going to develop into one of those, you know, Brady versus Bledsoe thing. You're already talking about it. Why are you trying to start a quarterback controversy? I'm not, actually. I, yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. I, I you're acting as a, a, a provocateur. provocateur. Right, that's right. Bledsoe is you're doing. TV hosting or is that or wrong? Talk is there something wrong with that? Well, I'm answering a question well, here. Here. Here's here's the answer. Here's the same. I was just trying to be an agitator because it's good television. That's the answer. That's the answer, Bob. There's no other answer. Because you know in your heart, unless you really have lost it all up there, there is no issue that lets up the quarterback the second he's ready to play. And and you know what? Tom Brady knows that. Yeah. Brady knows that. He is. I love that clip. I really do. If you don't know, if you haven't watched it yet, and if you're listening to this show, then you're probably one of the only people that hasn't. But uh, the Dynasty... It's the new uh, show on Apple TV. <laughs> and it's about the Patriots. And that clip was, I want to say it was sports final. I forget exactly which show it was. But it was Steve Burton. You heard Bob Ryan. You heard Bob Lobel. And you heard a quick bit of Shaughnessy in there. Oh, just real quick. You only heard him for a second. But you definitely heard him. <laughs> and... uh they were arguing about Bledsoe Brady. It was when uh, Bledsoe was out and Brady had taken over in 2001. And Bob Lobel, a man on an island, said, you know, you might have to stick with this kid Brady. And they were on him like vultures on a carcass. Bob Ryan was, unless you lost it all upstairs, you're just being an agitator. You're a provocateur. Which, you know, who among us, right? I mean, in this business in particular. But that was back in 2001. I mean, it was a different time. It was a different era. Uh, Sports talk radio was very different back then. It was very different before the championship run started. It just was. It was a lot more, I don't know, it was a lot gloomier. It was a lot angrier. There was not quite as much, uh, I don't know. It seemed like it was a little bit more, it's hard to describe if you weren't there. 
But I completely remember, I was right back on my couch listening to, to that clip and watching that clip and watching Bob Lobel have to, to defend himself against Burton and, and Ryan. And uh, you're just lying. You're completely out of your mind. Tom Brady knows that it's going to be Bloodsoe's job when he gets it back. You idiot. You're an idiot. Going on and on and on and on and on. And Bob Lobel was right. Bob Lobel was so incredibly right. <laughs> It's just, you know, I mean, what a moment for him, huh? It really, there's there's a lot of times in this business where someone will remind you of a really bad take you had. Like, that happens pretty much every day to me. It happens to Jones all the time. It happens to Mego. It happens to Fourier. It happens to Gratch. It happens to uh, Hillman and Wiggy and everybody. We are all constantly, constantly under just being reminded of all the dumb stuff we say. And we say plenty of dumb stuff. I say dumb stuff all the time. I've been saying dumb stuff here for 22 minutes already. <laughs> you know, the show just started. Uh, but it's nice to win one. And uh, Lobel definitely got the better of that exchange. But it also does go to show that while sports talk radio in particular was different back then, there was still a lot of things that were pretty similar. You know, there was still a lot of, well, this is the way it works. And what's interesting about that whole thing with Bledsoe, and the way I remember it, I mean, I was 19, 20 years old at the time, but the way I remember it is that the Patriots didn't really have anything to hang their hat on. Kids kids following the team now don't really understand. Like, when you're rooting for a team that hasn't won anything and has only made it to a couple Super Bowls and got pretty badly beat both times, and both of those times it was just kind of fluky. You know, you didn't really see him making big returns and sticking around in the playoffs for years and years and years. It just wasn't, it wasn't the way things were in New England back then. It just wasn't the way the team was. Uh, you see that and you sort of remember that Drew Bledsoe was all they had. And Belichick was this guy, like, you know, he was this guy who was sort of the next step after Carroll, and Carroll was the consolation prize after Parcells, and it's like, all right, well, we'll try this guy, and we'll see what this young guy, look. you know, he was with Parcells, and the defense was good, so maybe he'll be good here. It's the same kind of stuff when a coordinator gets hired in the NFL now. It's the same kind of stuff, especially to a team that's never won anything, you know? It was just, it was kind of like, okay, we'll try this guy. <laughs> let's see if Let's see what he can do with this team. But really, it was about Drew Bledsoe. I mean, Drew Bledsoe was the sort of represented the renaissance of the Patriots, and he was getting up there. So, for that all to have happened the way it did, you're seeing, you know, Bledsoe talking about, well, I I had given so much to this team, I'd sacrificed so much, I can't believe I'm not getting my job back. And it was like, yeah, well, at the time, at the time, the Patriot way didn't really exist yet. It wasn't a thing where it's like, hey, you can lose your job at any moment. You know, you've got to be ready. Next man up, all that stuff. It wasn't really a thing here. It just wasn't. Uh, Brady going in for Bledsoe was the first time it really ever got demonstrated, and when it did, it worked. But prior to that, you're not benching Drew Bledsoe. When Bledsoe's ready to come back, he's playing. That's it. No no question about it. And that's one thing I think that Belichick is going to always be able to point to is I had everything on the line right there. I had everything on the line. I was going to lose my job. If this didn't work, I was going to get fired because they were 5-11 and 11 the year before. His first year, they were 5-11. and 11. And then they go into the second year. They lose the first game. They lost that Jets game that Brady went into. So now he's 5-13 and 13 to start his Patriots tenure. And he's going with a sixth-round pick over, the, over Drew Bledsoe? What? If this doesn't work, you're out of here. And Kraft basically said it. Kraft basically said, you know, if it doesn't work, I'll hold him accountable. He couldn't wait to hold him accountable. He's been waiting 24 years to hold him accountable. 
you know. But it was, uh, it was that was to me that was a, a pretty. In terms of what we've seen so far of this documentary, I know we're going to get into much more heavier stuff. We're going to get into Aaron Hernandez and Spygate and all these other you know things that happened. But you know, for the way it all started, you, you got to give Belichick all the credit in the world for that. You really do. Um, anyways, I wanted to just get that out there. We do have some Bruins calls on the line, so we'll get to those as well at 617-779-7937. I didn't want to just open Bruins and then close the conversation, but I did want to get to that thing about uh, about um, Burton and everybody because I do think that it does kind of carry over today into the uh, sports talk landscape, that whole thing. It was uh, it was something. It was It was a cool thing to watch. It was a lot better, by the way. Then Ernie Adams driving out of his house and then listening to that fake sports radio. Jeff Benedict was here. I should have told him, hey, you know, if you needed some sports radio, we could have we could have given you something. We could have given you something other than whatever that was. You know, it's like uh, stock AI sports talk radio. Come on. <laughs> we could have we could have maybe spruced it up a little bit. And I will also say the old game footage on that thing is tremendous. I don't know exactly how they spruced it up or what they did, but they really made it look great. Uh, even in the snowball game, everything. I thought it really looked good. Uh, 617-779-7937 is your phone number. Um, we'll continue with uh, the Dynasty, and we'll also uh, continue with your Bruins phone calls. We'll start things off, though, with my good friend and yours, Steve from Fall River, who uh, is well-versed in the uh, ways of disappointment. What's going on, Steve? I don't think it's relevant what's happening right now in February with what's going to happen with our winter teams when the playoffs start. And I referenced last year. I'm going to say this every year. I don't care who their worst loss was in this winning streak. Because with 10 games left in the season, in the Celtics and Bruins season, what does it matter? It matters how the health of the team is. It matters actually how they're playing. It matters if the goalies are high. How are they playing? I think we learned that last year. I don't know. I'll let you know when they get to 10 games left in the year. Okay, how are they playing right now? Who cares? What do you mean, That's who cares? Point, we got a go, show to do. It doesn't. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry to blow up your show. Let's go back to, I'm going to skip over your faulty comment about the 90s and the and the, the throwaway of the two Super Bowls. We're going to leave that alone. Let's go right to Bill Super Belichick Bowl leaving in. The other one was in the 80s, Steve. And I went to both of them, by the way. Okay. But we're going to leave that alone quickly. Bill Bill, Poss, uh, Bill Belichick was so in a hurry for the Tom Brady era that he took Tom Brady out, put Bill put Drew Bledsoe back in in that game. I know I'm the only one I talk radio that remembers it. I know they didn't show it on the show, but you know there was a law after as well. He was going to win it out in, in camp, and he was a wildebeest, and he was this and he was that. When Drew Bledsoe went out of that game, Tom Brady came in for three or four plays, and Drew Bledsoe went immediately back in. He did go back in the and game, and it true. became a. Pe- they almost, they almost became, killed so him. Okay, they almost killed him, but that's the mites in the in the in the in the in the thing of it. Now, in another show, and he kept him in, and believe me, I was on the Bledsoe side. I'm telling you right mm-hmm. now, he kept him in. We had a thing called the Brady Factor after every game. Did you see the first game, forty-four to thirteen? Yes. The, the, they showed that they showed that game. You realize there were two ints for a touchdown. They showed you Otis Smith, Ty Law. Had. Yes. The biggest thing that Brady did in that season was to fire up the defense. Now I'm going to skip right now to the to the Pittsburgh game. I saw Brady in a Bill and a Brady thing on ESPN say I could not solve the Pittsburgh blitz in mm-hmm. the championship game. 
He said, he said, had I lost that game, I'd have been on the bench. He said he would have been on the bench the next year. Probably. Steve, you're probably right. I'm going to let you go because you gave you a lot of time there. Um, Brady uh, in the game, and that's where you got left off on the second episode, by the way. It was when Brady gets tackled in the Pittsburgh game right before Bledsoe comes in. Bledsoe had that one drive to score. I think it was his first drive when he came into the game, and they scored on that first drive. And then he didn't do anything for, like, the rest of the game until late. I think it was late in the fourth quarter. Uh, They picked up a couple first downs, and I think maybe ran the clock out. I'm not exactly sure how that one ended. But I remember long stretches of that game where Bledsoe wasn't doing anything either. But it didn't matter. Uh, What mattered is he came in, accepted his role, and led the team on a scoring drive and ended up doing enough to win the game. And that was a beautiful throw to Patton in the back of the end zone. Uh, One of the best from that whole whole stretch. Um, And that's... That moment, I think, is going to be a big part of the reason why Bledsoe is still really liked around here. Because there was a case to be made that, you know... Number one pick, $100 million guy, coming up short, throwing a lot of picks, getting, you know, sort of happy feet and patting the ball and doing all those things that he did. And we all remember, I mean, if you were a lot, you remember what Bledsoe, what the Bledsoe experience was like. It could be uh, great in the Ben Coates years. It was great. And then it sort of fell off a little bit and then it was over. (laughs) That was basically it. Um, But there was a a renaissance. There was a Patriots renaissance that happened and it happened because of Drew Bledsoe. Uh, on the field anyway. I mean, Parcells was a big part of it too, but Bledsoe was the uh, was the quarterback. He was the face of it. And um, it's uh, still, I think, a tremendous uh, feather in the cap of Bill Belichick that he was willing to stick with him. And I know he put him back in that game. I understand that, okay? And Steve's got a point there. He did put him back into that game, into that Jets game after the Mo Lewis hit. That was not a smart move, by the way. I mean, his insides were all jumbled up, and they're throwing him back out there. But, again, different time, different NFL. Uh, Jeff is in Watertown. Go ahead, Jeff. Hey, Christian. How you doing? Hey, Jeff. So, so, so I'm a, you know, I'm a, an original caller to EI. You know, I've been with the station from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you know, my, my recollection of those times is very clear. I was a Bledsoe guy in terms of he was tough, and, he, you know, he gave his all, you know, played with a broken finger and the pin sticking out and all that stuff and, you know, appreciated the guy. But the conversation, two things that were, were big on sports talk on EEI at that time, one was that you can't lose your job due to injury. Right. Which to me, is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. But that and Jackie was McMullen, she like, said that in the documentary. She was like, well, that's not the way things right. work. And that's true. I remember people saying that. Well, you got to give him his job back. You can't just uh, keep him out. Right. And that was, that was it. It was like, it was like, just yeah, it was just, they just kept repeating that mantra. Like, right. like, I'm like well, wait a minute. But the other thing was, was yeah, Bledsoe was his ability to process, you know, make decisions was was it wasn't so much that he slowed down, it's that the defense has sped up. You know, in those early two thousands, that's when, you know, the disguises were coming in and the you know, the whole and the defenses are getting so much quicker and it was painful to watch him and I loved the guy and he took punishment and yeah, and you know when he went back in the game, I wasn't surprised because because he always got you know he got beat up, but he just you know would go back and so and, you know until you realize how sick he was, you can't blame Belichick. But who knew that his insides were coming out? Of you know course, what I mean? like, nobody knew what the extent of the injury was. But that was the debate. But the thing about Brady, the thing that I that I just got turned on to by Brady was his ability to process information, make decisions quicker, and that's all it was. I mean, his numbers were not spectacular, even in that Super Bowl, they weren't spectacular. But he was able to make a decision, get rid of the ball. 
And and that was just a revelation because because defenses were speeding up and he was able to react quicker. And yeah, Jeff, thanks for the call. Um, I, I agree with you on that. I think that in the in the case of Tom Brady, I talked to Ted Johnson about this back when we used to work together, and he said that it really was quick the way Brady kind of took over that locker room. Like it all happened pretty fast. And these were guys who played with Drew and were there with Drew for most of the most of his career, you know, like these were players who were loyal to Drew and they loved Drew. Uh, Drew was a real leader. And Brady, this sixth-round kid, comes in, and I think partially because they were winning. In that stretch of time when Brady was playing, before Bledsoe came back, before Bledsoe came back from his injury and before he was cleared to play, the Patriots with Brady won five games. I think they were five and two. And the year before, they won five games all year. So... You know, like it's one of those things where, yeah, Bledsoe's the guy, and we all love him and everything, but we're winning. <laughs> it's starting to it, the worm is starting to turn here. Things are starting to change. We they wanted change. Belichick wanted change. The Crafts wanted change. Everybody wanted change. You had two or three. I, I forget what it was. Two years, uh, eight and eight, nine and seven with Pete Carroll before he got canned, and it was trending downwards. He bottomed out with Bill at uh, five and eleven, and then you start winning games. Well, you know, if you're Bill Belichick, you don't have time to start thinking, well, we're winning, but we got to go back to Bledsoe. No, no, no. You do whatever you, your job's on the line. You got to go with what's working. And what's working is this, this number 12 out there. And Steve had a point that he did power up the defense. He did get that defense playing very, very hard. And uh, that was a good defense that I'm surprised it took something like that for them to kind of activate because, man, you look up and down that defense on the line, the linebackers, the secondary, you had the Hall of Famers all up and down. And, man, you know, maybe not Hall of Famers, but you definitely had great players all up and down that defense, uh, including some Hall of Famers. And I just think that, you know, that's that's interesting that it took a spark of a 22-year-old gangly quarterback going out there and winning games. I mean, he did win games. And that and that just brought everyone together. It was like a, it was like magic. It really was. It was like magic. That's what it felt like at the time. Uh, 617-779-7937 is the phone number. I'm excited for the next uh, couple episodes of this. I think that we're going to um I think that we're going to have some uh some real big revelations here. I had a couple of leftover thoughts from the first two episodes I just wanted to get to right now. Number one, in the snowball game, Brady throws a pass to David Patton on the sideline. It hits Patton in the hands and goes straight up in the air. And who comes over and grabs it, keeping his feet in bounds before falling out of bounds? Why, the man who sits right over there, uh, about not even three feet to my left, Every morning from 6 to 10 a.m., Mr. Jermaine Wiggins. Now, we're going to see a lot more Wiggy, I think, in the Super Bowl uh, whenever they get to that, whatever episode that's in. We're already two episodes in, <laughs> and we haven't even got past the AFC, or not even the AFC Championship game. Uh, we're not even through the uh, Pittsburgh game yet, which I guess that was the AFC Championship. So we're not even through that yet. And we're two episodes and we got eight more to go. So I don't know how long it's going to take to get to that first Super Bowl. But whenever they get there, you're going to see a lot of Wiggy because he was prominent on that last drive. But that play, that play on the sideline, I completely forgot about that. What a play. What a play in a blizzard to follow the ball like that. And the instincts and hand-eye coordination when the ball popped up to grab it, keep your feet in bounds and fall forward in the snow. Bra- Bravo, Wiggy. 
Bravo. Not that he needs it for me or anything, but I had completely forgotten about that play. I'm glad they kept that in there. I definitely enjoyed that. I also really enjoyed the way they made that footage look. I thought that the uh, that the footage was tremendous. And the way they had that ball disappearing into the night on Vinatieri's kick, oh, ah, perfect. Exactly how I remember it. I have no notes, really. I thought it was great. Um, those were Those were my main... Not my main takeaway is obviously the Wiggy thing, which is something I kind of noticed at the end there. But, uh, you know, the uh, the condo, the shots in the condo. I mean, that should, those should really be in the Smithsonian, I think. Like, that was that was tremendous content. Brady doing a Robert De Niro impression. Brady, who's hammered, by the way. Are you talking to me? And he's pretty good, pretty good De Niro. Uh, playing pool walking around the condo with all the uh with all the stereo gear and everything that the Ty Law gave him <laughs> the back and forth between him and Ty Law about getting the bad deal and getting ripped off that was all excellent <laughs> i really i really thought that was excellent um what else oh ernie adams as much as i thought that whole recreating his commute to the Gillette was a little much, but uh, or I guess it wasn't Gillette at the time. But you know, uh, going to uh, to the old stadium, recreating the commute, I thought was a little okay. But I was completely glued to the screen every time he started talking. No matter what Ernie Adams said, I was I could not like. There's some t- there's some people in your life, you know, like people in your life when they start talking, you just kind of tune them out. Like for me, it's Jones and Mega. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Like, there's people who they just start going, and you know, it's just you don't want to hear it, and you just kind of your brain just goes blank, and you don't. They they're talking, and you know they're talking. You know, you had like teachers like that when you were younger, and you know they're talking and talking and talking, and it just goes right in one ear and out the other. With Ernie Adams, it's the opposite. Whatever the opposite of that is, is what I have with Ernie Adams. Whenever Ernie Adams starts talking, I like block everything out, and all I can do is listen to what he has to say. And it's uh, that was great. Scott Pioli was good too. A little melodramatic, I thought. A lot of very dramatic pauses with Scott Pioli, but he had some great stuff there, and his impression of Ernie Adams I thought was great too. Um, but, yeah, sticking with Brady when Bledsoe was ready to come back, that was everything on the line. Bill didn't know how good Brady was. The Crafts didn't know. Patriots fans didn't know. Nobody really knew. He was a hot quarterback who had played well through seven weeks. And some people may have thought he was better than Bledsoe, but at that point it was not a guarantee. And if Brady flamed out, Bill's done. And they did a great job, I thought. The documentary filmmakers did a great job of showing what it meant to go away from Bledsoe at that time and to stick with Tom Brady and how that wasn't just, well, yeah, Brady's the best, obviously, to go with him. No, 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 no. At that point, you didn't know that. Nobody knew that. And that's something that I think Belichick deserves uh, all the credit for. And by the way, just, you know, Bill only came in. We heard from uh, multiple people, including Jeff Benedict uh, himself, that Bill only came in for one day. And uh, and that was it. He only came and filmed for that thing for one day. Meanwhile, I think you got a lot more sit-down time from a lot of other sources, a lot of other people who you can tell already are ready to just bury Bill. And listen, I think, you know, what happened should have happened with Bill this offseason. I'm not one of those, oh, I can't believe you fired Bill. No, 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 I, I believe it, and I think that was the right thing to do. But, boy, I mean, they are really... <laughs> They're not letting the they're not letting the door hit him. Uh, they're slamming the door on him, and uh, it's getting uglier and uglier. I think just about uh, just about every time one of them opens their mouth, I'm waiting for Bill's rebuttal. I'm waiting for Bill to 
I don't know if it's going to be this off season or if it's going to be you know when he's retired and you know writes his memoir or whatever it is. But I'm waiting to hear Bill's side of all this because we've heard the Kraft side pretty thoroughly now, and man, they are just taking all sorts of shots and not even necessarily with the documentary because I know this uh, was all recorded and done before uh, the season started. So I mean, you know, maybe they were thinking about doing it, maybe not, but. It does sort of seem like, you know, this is just an added pile on here on Bill Belichick. 617-779-7937 is the phone number. When we come back, there is a part of the documentary that uh, struck a real chord with me. And anybody out there who's, I don't know, in their 40s, maybe mid-30s to 40s, will probably know what I'm talking about. It was Tom Brady and his relationship with a video game called Tecmo Bowl. We'll get to that next. This is Sunday Mass with Christian Arcand on WEEI. I remember one day he went out and bought the old Nintendo system at a pawn shop. And we weren't big gamers, but there was one game in particular, Tecmo Bowl. We would play that silly game the entire weekend. And whoever would win the tournament by the end of the weekend was declared house champ. We would always have a penalty for the loser. If it was in the summertime, whoever lost would have to do dishes all weekend. If it was in the winter, whoever lost would have to do a naked lap around the cove. It's cold outside, too. If he was losing that game, he went from zero to 100 very quickly. I mean, he became a different person. He did not want to lose. And he found out that if you stomp on the floor hard enough, it would restart the system. So if he knew he was about to lose, he wouldn't accept that. And he would just stomp on the floor, start the game over. This happened over and over again. We had dents in our wall from him just taking the controller and just launching it as hard as he could into the wall. It, he was just like a crazy man. I do have a bit of a temper. I didn't like losing. I didn't like losing in Tecmo Bowl. I didn't like losing in darts. I didn't like losing, period. I still don't like losing. If I'm going to play, I'm going to play to win. All right, we're back here at Sunday Mass. Reverend Arkan with you, taking you up until 2 o'clock. And then I believe it's Fitzy and Hart coming on after me. I think uh, they'll have you for the duration of the afternoon. That was a uh, part of the... Dynasty documentary, maybe my favorite part, uh, where they talked about Tom Brady and his, uh, well, temper tantrums you would have while playing Tech Mobile. Now, uh, Nika, how old are you? I'm 23. 23. Uh, so you don't remember Tech Mobile? I don't, I've heard the game before, never played it. I know the music and all that, but never personally played it. I mean, it. pretty great music, right? <laughs> the music is great. It's iconic. <laughs> is there anything? <laughs> and the music that they play while you're playing is different. There's like a whole score to this game. And then there's Tecmo Super Bowl, of course, which came out uh, in the 90s. But, yeah, Tecmo Bowl, the first one, did not have the NFL license. It had the NFL players license, so you could have, you know, that's why Bo Jackson and Walter Payton and all those guys were in the game. But they were not the Chicago Bears. It was just like the Chicago team and the L.A. team and whatever. And they had the colors, but they weren't allowed to call them by the names of the teams. So what's interesting about Tech Mobile is that it came out in the 80s, and it was made by this Japanese company that made, like, Ninja Gaiden and, you know, a bunch of other uh, sort of games that weren't sports games. And... The reason why they made Bomb Jack and uh, you know Dead or Alive and you know a bunch of a bunch of those type of games and the Ninja Gaiden games were great. You know I used to love those too. But Tecmo Bowl was a sport that was football was not a big sport in Japan. 
and they were just trying to make new games that other audiences would be into and by getting being able to play as certain players because there were other football video games out at the time like John Elway had a game but the players weren't there like Madden didn't exist yet like there were some other first and 10 like there were some other kind of primitive Nintendo video games for football but nothing that had actual players that were in the NFL this was the this was the first one that had that and it was such a big deal it was such a big deal when that when that game came out and you could play as uh, you know Walter Payton and you could sack the quarterback with Lawrence Taylor and you could you know throw a bomb to Jerry Rice like it was it was revolutionary um, are you a big video game guy now, Nico? I am a video game guy, and my question for you is, is it better than backyard baseball and backyard football and all those backyard sports games? Um, it's better than backyard football. I don't think it's backyard baseball, I think, is uh, – I don't know. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to compare because they're two different eras two different but, sports, uh, and yeah. two different sports as well. Backyard baseball, I think, has the same kind of hold on the people who were young at the time that game came out as Tech Mobile does to people like me. I'd say I'd put them up on similar footing. Gotcha. Uh, when it comes to those kind of sports games. Who was the kid who was really good in uh, backyard baseball? Pablo Sanchez. Pablo Sanchez, one of the great all-time the uh, video game athletes. And you know who else is an all-time great video game athlete? Is Bo Jackson from Tech Mobile, whose speed was like 10 times faster than everybody else. But you know who I liked playing with on Tech Mobile? Everyone would always go for the Raiders. You know, you got Bo Jackson, Marcus Allen, great. Uh, you go for uh, the Bears because of Singletary and the defense and Walter Payton and everything. Fine. Niners, you know, Joe Montana and all the pass plays. You know who I liked? I liked the Vikings. I liked the Minnesota Vikings. Really? That defense, first of all, with uh, Dolman and uh, Joey Browner, unstoppable. Joey Browner was an interception machine in that game. And then, you know, you got Anthony Carter, who was one of the faster receivers in that game. Uh, who was really who, the only one I remember throwing the ball to was just talking it up to Carter and him coming down with it. Uh, but Dolman and Browner, you, you're looking for a game. And, like, if you're playing with people and they're like, all right, you're not allowed to be the Raiders, pick the Vikings. They got uh, good playbook, great defense, and you just huck it up to Carter, he'll come down with it. Unless he's covered, obviously. That was the thing about Tech Mobile. If the guy was covered, it was getting picked no matter what. And you knew you knew that was good. It's better, always better to take a sack. Always better to take a sack in Tecmo Bowl than to just throw it up for grabs. Because if they guess the play, there's only four plays you could pick, you see, Nico. And if they guess the play that you picked, the other player, the computer, or whatever, all-out blitz, but somehow everyone is also covered, and if you throw the ball, it's getting picked. The real question is, would you have been good enough to give Tom Brady a temper tantrum while playing? I would have whooped Tom Brady's ass. Tom Brady would have been stomping on the ground, resetting the game over and over again. I was, I, listen, I, he's a little older than me, but I grew up playing against my older cousins. I had to get good. I wasn't on an equal playing field with them. I had to, I had to really step up. They used to, they used to kick my ass. So playing against my older cousins in Tecmo Bowl molded me into the into the Tecmo Bowl champion that I am now. The real underdog story in New England football. I'm, I mean, yeah, you know, there's Tom Brady, Arcand, and Decmo Bowl, like basically the same. Uh, so no, I think because uh, Brady had a bunch of older sisters, right? His older sisters weren't playing Tecmo Bowl. I don't think. I mean, maybe they were. I doubt it though. He was playing with like his college friends. I grew up playing people who were much better hand-eye coordination and knew more about football and knew more about everything than I did. And eventually, you know, you got to go on to beat them, and then it's a whole different story. I've never ended. There's like Tecmo Bowl uh, tournaments all over the country, like every year. I got on a list once, like an email list 
this guy saying, like, come to South Dakota for the Tech Mobile <laughs> tournament. I was like, I'd love to, man. But <laughs> we need, like, a sponsored it. thing on Twitch to send you there and yeah. just cover it the whole time. That would be uh, that would be fun. Do you play Madden? You a Madden guy? Uh, I play a bit, but my last one, I think, is, like, Tom Brady's still on the Patriots in it. So okay. it's been right. a while. I don't get the new games because they're just roster updates for the most part. That's true, and that sucks. I don't like that. Like, at least between Tecmo Bowl and Tecmo Super Bowl, they uh, added more players and added more teams, and they did have the license and everything. So by then, they kept stats. Like, there were all these new uh, upgrades and improvements. And with Madden, I think you're right. I feel like they're just kind of churning the same game out yeah uh, it's too bad those 2k games don't exist anymore because those nfl 2k games were really good and then madden got a exclusive rights to the nfl and that was it uh but anyway there you go uh, thanks for humoring me as i uh, as i take a trip down memory lane with the old nintendo entertainment system and my favorite game of all time tech mobile which is also uh tom brady's favorite game and I'll, I'll tell you what tom brady and i are very similar in many many different ways um Many you name a name away name something about Tom Brady you could describe me the same way but the main the main similarity is we had major major temper tantrums while playing Tech Mobile and if I had known about that trick where you stomp on the ground and reset the game if I had known about that I would have done it I would have done that but I'm glad I didn't because I took the beatings from my cousins and it made me a better Tech Mobile player six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven is the phone number when we come back. The dunk contest was last night, along with a three-point shootout in the skills competition on NBA All-Star Weekend. Jalen Brown participated in the dunk contest, and he lost. And it was bad, and it was sad. And we'll get to that next. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my word. And podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. It's better after investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device. Credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.